Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 258th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by Apid.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, my podcast writer die, the 067 to my 001. You can find her on them socials at Miss Allie Hart. Miss Allie Hart, how the bloody hell are you? Doing good, doing good in this nice, chilly, overcast afternoon, thank goodness. How about you and the pups? We're doing pretty good, yep. So, uh, listeners, full warning, any any burps, farts, sniffs, scratches, that is not Ali or myself, that is the dogs. But uh, I think I've done pretty well to mask those in the edit, and uh, they also are learning to keep a little bit more quiet when uh, the microphones become hot. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're all doing good. Lockdown life down here in Melbourne, but, uh, you know, no complaints. The weather is nice today, so maybe... We'll get out to the park over the road for for an hour or so at some stage today, but uh, yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. We've got um, we've got a special dog trainer coming in on Monday to oh. uh, you know try and get these boys whipped into shape, and I guess myself whipped into shape too because I'm a uh, part of the problem. So uh, yeah, just gonna try and get these boys living their bestest lives. So mm. next THG, I'll have a full report to let you know how uh, John the dog trainer went. And how the boys went as far as just, uh, you know, getting a few little things out of their routines and just getting them more comfortable in certain situations and all that kind of stuff. And just trying to be uh, the goodest of doggos. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. Set a few boundaries. It's exciting. And he's confident. I respect the hell out of this John guy. He's like, yeah, I only need one session. I'm like, what? One? Okay. But like, it's it's several, like it's two to three hours. And um, yeah, he's apparently... Pretty legit. I've looked him up and checked his website and his credentials and he's, you know, he's worked with the government and police dogs and oh, this, that, snap. the other. Like he's he's a pretty pretty uh, big deal in the, the dog training world. So uh, maybe he does only need one session. Maybe. So uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. The dogs could be little superstars by the time we record. Uh, <laughs> They'll be running the week. podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'll be downstairs slaving in the kitchen, making them all these things and they'll be podcasting here but uh yeah enough about me and the doggos what about yourself what have you been doing this past week miss hart i see you've uh done a little bit of binging yeah unfortunately not nothing much gaming wise um studies and other kind of stuff kind of got in the way but uh for whatever free time i had um i decided to watch this squid game tv show that everyone was talking about Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt the need to mostly binge it because you people out there in the freaking internet just can't control yourselves and, you know, spoiling crap. So, um, yeah, we decided to kind of push through and watch it. So we completely finished it in within like a few days. Um, and yeah, it was good. It was like, I can see why some people enjoy it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily you know, give it any props in major originality. Um, I feel like I've seen quite a, quite a few things that are essentially the same thing. To me, it felt like a combination of like Battle Royale and Saw. Mm. 
So, yeah, like, the ideas and themes are there. Um, Some great characters. I did the mistake and watched it dubbed. Oh, yep. yep. Uh. <laughs> for, for the most part, it's, it's okay, but there's just a couple of characters no, that just the no. dub is rough. Like no. I pivoted after an episode or so to the sub, it's, but um, yeah, there's some rough dubbing. It's bad. I like I could tell that the actors were giving it their all, but when like unfortunately the voice work felt like like anime voice like like voiceovers so there was just like there was a lot of there was a lot of mistones that were kind of going on and then I think obviously the they weren't saying things similar to what were being said so yeah there was just there was a few moments that were really off I'm sure like there was a like there should have been more sentimental moments but I guess because I was watching the um uh, the dubbed version it didn't you know make it as sad yeah, and I've seen even on, on the social medias, there's been a lot of people that have actually done the proper translation to what they're saying. Um, and even even not only some of the dub is incorrect, but also some of the sub doesn't line up. So there's parts yeah. where they've sort of missed some really, really big plot points and sort of emotional developments with characters by just uh, miswording what they've said, whether mm-hmm. you're um, watching, this, watching the sub or the dub version, and um, yeah, they were saying just a few of the moments didn't hit as heavy as intended because yeah, the the sort of audio conversion was a little bit hit and miss at times by you know whatever agency did that. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a shame. But mm. um, yeah, like like I sort of shared my thoughts on this this last week. I thought it was pretty good. Like, but I think the internet hysteria certainly built it up that it's almost that the greatest thing ever invented is a little bit much. Yeah, um, but it was it was fun. It was fine. Nine episodes. Some massive, big emotional oomphs. What did you think? Like, we'll avoid spoilers, obviously. What did you think of the Marbles episode? Because that seems to be the one. That's like episode six. That mm. seems to be the one that uh, does the big emotional gut punches more than oh, the others. Oh, right, right. Yeah, so um, only one thing bothered me in that. Um, like, only, like, one character I actually, you know, kind of cared about, you know, probably impacted me on that episode but like everything else I kind of like I guess that's the other thing that maybe kind of stilted my maybe my enjoyment of the show is that there was a lot of things that I could just already tell was happening so um it it wasn't there was no shock factor um Mm. but yeah like I there was a moment in that episode where like yeah kind of upsetting but um for the most part I like I yeah I just like I am I am really disappointed that I didn't watch it um, uh, subtitled because like I could tell the actors like their acting was great like I could tell that their acting was really really good but like I just had these like kind of weird <laughs> with uh, um, dubs on top of it so it kind of like threw me off in moments so yeah which sucks is it makes makes that acting almost then like become a little bit parodied or like caricaturish. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. which I noticed when I was cuz I was doing something when I first chucked on episode 1 with with the dub and I'm like this is fine but then you'd meet a character and you're like oh boy yeah this is now I feel like I'm watching my hero academia or something so I need to uh need to go to the sub and pay more attention but cool concept it's it's good to see that a foreign TV show is getting so much hype from the mainstream yes. and and um it's blowing up and uh, Huang Dong Hyuk, I think, as you pronounce pronounce his name, like he wrote this thing, 
many, 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 many years ago and just no one wanted to fund it, no one wanted to borrow it. It took them apparently 10 years to get this thing over the line mm. and now it's over the line and it's popping off and they're already saying, okay, we're, we're looking to do a second season now and all that and then they're going to focus not on the contestants, which I like that if, if they do a second that they'll maybe look behind the curtain and, and see more about the, the sinister group that operates all these things and, and get a but bit of that. You, do you think it would be the same show? Because I know what I cared about was the game. Yeah. I. Yeah. It would be very different tonally, wouldn't it? Yeah. I, I, I The moments I cared about the most was watching the fucked up nature of the games and, you know, seeing how people acted. Like, that's the part that I enjoyed. So if you kind of you know, shoe on the other foot and look at the people creating the game, like, will it have that same kind of um, tone and nature as this first season did? So I'm, I'm a bit kind of like, about that, yeah, that whole like, idea. So. Like, I, I don't think it's needed because, yeah, it probably won't have that same impact hmm. yeah. because it's it's the stakes that are the thing that, yeah, you're tuning into and the attachment you might grow to certain characters in it where it's life or death in some situations and, you know, they're in very desperate life circumstances. So you root for them where if it's just the, I guess, the faceless corporation behind this, you know, I don't think that's spoiler. You see a lot of internet stills with people with masks on, those mm. types of people. If it's going to lean more into that, I don't know how you'd make that a, like a whole season. But as as is tradition, once things become successful, they go, you know what? How much more blood can we get out of this stone? stone yeah. Let's grind this down into little pockets and packets and, yeah, make it happen. But, um, yeah, nine episodes, a uh, good little banger. You can smash it out in a day or a weekend or whatever if you're feeling like a big thirsty binge. But, yeah, definitely give it the full attention and uh, watch the watch the subversion yes. to get the full impact. If you can. I understand not everyone, you know, can you know like they might can they might only be able to do dubs but um if if you're sitting there thinking like oh which one should i choose definitely um definitely do subs if you can yeah yeah but no it's good it's it's it was a i think it was a pleasant surprise for just about everybody in the uh in the pop culture mainstream community because no one was talking about it before it announced and then just went and now everyone's talking about it yeah there's yeah. goddamn roblox Squid Game off future can go in and play with like with kids and all that. Like it's weird. Like it is breaking down barriers left, right, and center. There's already Halloween costumes. Yeah, what a time to be alive, Miss Hart. Yeah, I, I, it, yeah, it's good. Like I'm, I'm like you kind of address that. It's good to see um, a TV show that wasn't you know made in the Americas, um, kind of leading the. I think they're number one Netflix show almost globally. So yeah, it's, um, it's good it's popping to see off. that. So. And uh, it's, so it's 2021. Mm. Uh, would you predict by 2024 we're going to have a westernized version of this done in America? You know, maybe it's oh, not going to yeah. be called Squid Game. It's going to be, I don't know. Well, what's what's an American? What's a bald bald eagle game or something? Very very may, pro American. Maybe, but like they had to call it Squid Game because that was the, actual, the game. The game. Yeah. So in Australia, wouldn't it be Bull Rush? Yes. Yes, I'm so happy you get that. Or if we if we just included another very Australian game and called Stuck in the Mud, I want some Stuck in the Mud action. Oh, see, Bull Rush would be deadly because the whole get like the whole aim of Bull Rush is just absolutely attacking everyone. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you're sort of more so in the middle instead of right at the back. Because mm. that's like more so what's the time, Mr. Wolf. Remember that game too? That's that's red light, green light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we just chucked a wolf in there. But yeah, I, I think in two to three years, we're going to have an American version of this with maybe like a down on his luck Bradley Cooper playing as a four, five, six. I just have another, like, like, imagine like, the Australian version where everyone has to wear those hats with the little flap on the back and the tiny shorts. <laughs> no hat, no play. <laughs> exactly. It's one of the, the rules. The old flap hat. What are they called? Uh, Legionnaire's hat, I think, is, is the proper term for them. Is that what they were called? I don't, I don't remember. I just hated them so much. Handball Side could be note, another game. Your school hats with the flaps on them, did you have the little Velcro patches so you could actually roll the flap up and, like, Velcro it to the side no, so don't, you could be deflap? No, don't you even dare think of that. And if you grab that little flap on the back and you try to tuck it in underneath your hat so it looked like a normal cap, you would also get in trouble. Yeah, don't we'd get in trouble for rolling them up, but the hats had the Velcro on them. It's like, you know, you Miss Maserati, that's what it's there for. We didn't stick the Velcro patches on to do this. No one wants these hats. <laughs> But we had them anyway. The old uh, Legionnaires hats. But yeah, Squid Game doing all kinds of good things for Netflix, writing all kinds of records, and it's it's nice to see uh, some some good cinema coming out of South Korea and getting a lot of love globally. And um, yeah, no doubt we're getting Squid Game too. And yeah, Squid Game Americana with Bradley Cooper in twenty twenty four. So watch this space. Um, regarding stuff I've been watching too, I watched the season two finale of Ted Lasso last night. It's not. It's a bit of a longer episode. It was 40, 45 minutes, I think, thereabouts. Oh. So it was nice. It gave it a little bit more time to, I guess, close up plot threads from season two and, and wrap up some certain um, storylines that were sort of lingering throughout season one and season two. But as much as the internet seems to like pounding on this show for season two, I, I don't get any of that hate. Like, I'm still really, really enjoying this show. It's still got so much heart and honesty and funny moments as well like there's parts where i'm audibly laughing out loud then there's parts where i'm getting teary-eyed like it's really really good writing and i love everything about it and i can't wait for season three and yeah if you enjoyed season one but haven't jumped onto season two because of the social media discourse i think you're doing yourself a disservice by not watching it because it's still really really good television full disclosure we stopped watching it in our house because it was getting kind of sad so yeah 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 that's it gets a lot, lot more real in season two, mm. but that also doesn't downplay that it's still nice and wholesome and funny. But there is a few moments where it does sort of beat on the emotions a little bit. But yeah. I didn't mind that sort of change in tone in parts because it, yeah, fleshed out these characters a bit more and gave them a bit more depth. Yeah. And lastly, what I've been playing, um, I rolled credits during the week finally on Far Cry 6, the latest jaunt by Ubisoft. So thanks to the team over at Ubisoft for throwing me a key on Xbox Series X. Looking to do a spoiler cast in the coming days, but I'm just waiting for people to finish it so I can talk about it with somebody because uh, it is, as is, I guess, Ubisoft tradition, um, you know, it's, it's a big game. Uh, it's many, yeah. many hours that can go into this game. The uh, the island nation of Yara, uh, which is, I guess, uh, modeled very much and closely to uh, Cuba, is a very, very big map to explore with many things to do, much things to uh, get involved in. Uh, the storyline, really, really good. I, I like I like the, the overall plot and how it plays out. I like the characters. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito as uh, El Presidente, Anton Castillo, 
it is just about my favorite antagonist portrayal in gaming that I can remember. Like, I I love this dude. And I think you and I have both sort of gushed over him many times over the years. And Mm -hmm. to see that same Giancarlo that people have grown to love from, you know, things like Breaking Bad and what have you, to see that play out in a video game and especially with the graphics like it feels at times like you're watching a tv show because it looks really good like yeah some of the facial animations might not always be as smooth because it's a video game but yeah uh he's he's a great character great foil to your danny rojas whether that be male or female preference and yeah he's just a good constant big bad that's always lurking over everything you do and you know even when you get the wins He'll always have some kind of tactic almost to immediately sort of pull that win back and give you these big, massive emotional moments. The combat's crazy. They lean, like obviously Far Cry, it's very much about choice and open world. You can do things as you want, how you want, when you want. So you can go in all guns blazing. You can play stealth. You can play funny. Like there's some very quirky, quirky weapons at your disposal. Anyone's that's seen the trailers know that there's like a you know a CD launcher that plays the Macarena, yeah. um, which is actually a very powerful weapon, mind you. I've, I've I use that a little bit throughout my time just to get a feel for it and also have a <laughs> chuckle when uh, uh, was it Los Del Rios? I think did the Macarena. I think that was the artist behind that song. I like I don't think they were the original creators of that song, but they were the ones that I think mainstreamed it. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. In the that have been the late 90s yeah yeah it would have been like mid to late 90s yeah yeah but that song was blowing up and uh you're blowing up people with that song by the way of explosive or very dangerous cds which is phenomenal so there's there's moments in this game where it's it's sort of putting you emotionally through the ringer but then there's parts where you're audibly laughing out loud just through the sheer insanity whether it be just a random side quest or a character you meet or your amigos, as they call them in the game. So the amigos is your right-hand animal companion. So that can be uh, Teresa. You see the little the little ducks in, in the little wheelchair, or it could mm. be Guapo, the the alligator. Uh, there's Chicharron, which is like an angry, very aggressive, wanting to fight everybody rooster. <laughs> and then there's like other like cat and dog variants as well. Boom Boom's another dog. Uh, and then there's also some other amigos you can get via the way of the, the version of the game you own. And and having those with you in the game just adds a nice little wrinkle to the, to the gameplay. Like each of them, one can be more oriented into stealth and they'll tag enemies for you that they can see in their peripheral vision. Guapo and uh, Chikaron, they're pretty much just ready to, like they're just, you know, they're for pure, pure damage. So you'll see them run in and you'll see the, the giant rooster fucking come in and fly kick an enemy and scratch the shit out of him or the gator come in and, and try and death roll something. So seeing all that play out as you're shooting uh, Macarena flying discs and rocket launches and you've got helicopters coming at you and enemies from everywhere, like it's really, really intense. And that sort of big time combat gameplay just adds to some really, really cool moments. And um, graphically, when in those moments, it looks phenomenal. Like played on the Series X, I didn't notice any sort of tearing, any sort of juddering, no frame drops. So it was super smooth when there was just maximum carnage playing out in front of you. And then all on this beautiful island backdrop where, you know, you've got a sun setting or a sun rising, you've got an ocean in the distance and you've got palm trees, like it's gorgeous. Then you've got bodies flying everywhere and then you're, (laughs) you know, patting your pet alligator and all this kind of stuff. It's just insanity 
in video game form and I loved it. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's not a perfect game. Um, you know, there was a couple of times there where I'm like, mm, this is dragging a bit, but because there's so much to do there, I guess you're going to feel like you're going to get your money's worth. Mm, yeah, I, I, I didn't see myself playing this game, sadly. Um, I, I don't have... I don't have the patience for Far Cry games and how long the games are. Um, like, I think I dipped my toe into Far Cry 4. Is that, the, is that the one when you're in, like, in the mountains, like the snowy mountains? It was before I Primeval. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so um, I actually had to stop because I got motion sickness. Isn't that terrible? motion sickness. That happens to you infrequently in video games, I've realised, Miss Hart. It really does. It's signs of the times. It's so bad. But either way, like, I I also understand that the game, the Far Cry games are very long, there's a lot of story, but then between story, there is a lot of, like, run around and a lot of, like, slow moments too. So I just don't have the patience, which is sad because I would like to kind of witness the story of this one. This one's very interesting and I'd obviously like to see the acting um, especially you saying that this is like one of the best, like bad guys in video games. Um, you know, that to me is a big call, especially when my, one of my favorites is, um, Far Cry 3's Vass. Um, yeah, Vass is phenomenal. Like <laughs> obviously they're played completely different as far yeah. as like, I guess their delivery and their tone and just how they are as people. But yeah, he's, he's up there with Vass, you could say as, as sort of the best portrayals in this franchise. And I don't just, Giancarlo just brings it you know and he, he just yeah. i don't know he's just got this weight that he can add to any role he plays and it feels like that like every time you see el presidente come onto the screen in the game like oh fuck what's gonna happen what's mm. gonna happen here what's he doing is he uh you know gonna further fragment his son diego's mind and like brainwash him to the cause or is he gonna do something really violent or what's gonna happen and it was you know he just carried every scene he was in yeah so that's that's the main that would be the only reason i would play this game is just to bear witness to that but luckily i can watch other people play it um so yeah but i am glad i'm glad it's getting a decent reception there's obviously a lot of things that people are slightly critical about um understandably tone nature and other things um in regards to um like like particular like heritage um and cultural cultural situations as well but um for the most part it's relatively well received, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, a lot of people are saying that this is sort of the, I guess, the most fully realized version of Far Cry that's been released in quite some time. It's just fun. It's big. Metacritic scores. It's it's anywhere from a seventy-five to an eighty, depending on the platform. So it's yeah. you know it's loved. Like not high, high, high praise love, but like it's still you know a seventy-five or up. I think is a pretty goddamn good score. So. It's 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 good fun. It's one of the most enjoyable games I've played in 2021. Would I say it's game of the year? No, but that doesn't mean it's a bad game. Uh, if you've got some spare money in your pocket and you're looking for a game to potentially keep you tied up for 30, 40 hours and then maybe more with subsequent DLC, this could be something for you where you can almost switch the brain off at times and just go, you know, what? I'm going full chaos, chaos on this run. It's taking in all the explodey weapons. I'm just going to shoot everything. I'm going to send my devil rooster in there to attack everybody else. And then I'm going to fly away in that helicopter I'm going to steal. And then I'm going to jump out of that helicopter and use my wingsuit to fly across the island. And then I'm going to land over there and steal that tank and go shoot everyone up. Like, it's just the way you can sort of connect those 
chaotic dots just effortlessly was awesome like and it was just one thing led to another led to another and then just having these big giant crazy action set pieces where you're just like holy fuck i just did all that and then there'll be just some random joke thrown in there and you just pitch yourself laughing yeah speaking of helicopters stealing helicopters and flying across the map and tanks and etc um i tried to play the battlefield um beta but unfortunately my um graphics card needed updating and i wasn't in the mood to fiddle around with that unfortunately but i did watch some gameplay and there's some elements to it that looks really cool um there's like in the particular map that they've got for the beta right now there's a rocket um like a spaceship that kind of takes off um and there's also the weather element where um a tornado just appears on the map um and it's been pretty funny watching players just run into it but yeah this it does it doesn't look ready um it does not and, look, and that's that seems to be the ready. the universal sort of takeaway from that beta is everyone's like uh ea dice whoever just just take if you need more time just delay it a bit longer we'll be fine to wait but mm. i think they're just like locked and loaded for this November. this sort of date in in the next month when this game's going to come out head to head with call of duty and then following shortly after that is obviously halo infinite which has gotten so much love with their yeah. sort of betas and, and things as as of as of recent where Battlefield, they're like, yeah, just just maybe wait a little bit more. Please, we're happy to wait. But I think it's going to come out and be a bit undercooked and um, That's the you suffer. worst thing that they could do. Yeah. 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 Just, just to let people would understand. People would be accepting of it. And it would get you out of that release window where you're competing with COD. Like if you bump this thing to, I don't know, tail end of January or something. You know, I'm no developer. I don't know if that's enough time to get this thing singing the way you want it to. But yeah, bump it two months get you away from COD and get you away from Halo when maybe you could be the the first big title off the rank in 2022. So we'll see. But yeah, the internet is certainly very outspoken on uh, that. I wanted to play it, but I still don't have internet, Miss Hart. I've got the MBN coming in on Tuesday to maybe finally (laughs) connect me up and fix the line issue. Lord. Yeah, until then, no internet. I had access to, to play... Yeah, that Battlefield 2042, but sadly could not download it because, yeah, the download was fairly sizable and I had to pick and choose my battles. Yeah. As it was, I had to download 60-odd gig for uh, Far Cry 6 and um, sneaking that in on the uh, the work data plan was scary enough. So if I had to bump (laughs) some more on that, I would have been in a bit of trouble. But yeah, Far Cry 6, really enjoy it. Uh, Really fun, just chaos everywhere good writing good cast of characters you know it's it's a memorable memorable sort of uh group of people you meet along the way as is in these far cry games um some very unique and distinctive uh little clicks that you befriend or uh go up against and um yeah it makes makes for good gaming good entertainment and it's good laughs i'm all mm-hmm. for it amigos need to be in every game i want animal animal sort of sidekicks in all games moving forward as long as they don't get hurt yeah, you you do full displo- full disclosure to Miss Hart. If you, you were playing dogs. this, you would you would have to shoot dogs. Yeah, yeah. Rottweilers and Dobermans, you know, obviously the the stereotypical evil angry dogs that you see in most Don't games and, and media. But Don't yeah, you've got to shoot them down. There's no way you can pacify them without killing them, which kind of sucks. Yeah, it's already off my list. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, Squid Game, Far Cry 6, been keeping us uh, very, very well entertained and very busy this week. But Miss Hart, maybe we could jump over into some news. What do you reckon? Let's do it. This week's news headlines. Okay, so we've got a smattering of sort of little bangers and little quick hitters throughout this news segment. Uh, the first one, haven't really got any any documentation or any sort of script we're going to read through, but I just wanted to highlight that the trailer for Welcome to Raccoon City, obviously the new Resident Evil film, the trailer has slowly zombie shuffled its way onto the internet over the last 24 hours. Well, two trailers, I should say. There's an American version, then the international version has also come out. International version is... 100 times better than the American version, even <laughs> I though I do it. respect and love the hell out of the Four Non Blonde song making its way into the US trailer. <laughs> love that song. Um, love that band. Had had their album for some reason when I was a kid. Oh. Um, with that song on it, I was a bit of a Four Non Blondes fan. But Miss Hart, when you watched this trailer, or maybe you've watched both of the trailers, what did you think? I didn't see the international one. Uh, I <laughs> a lot of people are saying <laughs> that the the American trailer, the um in the vibe feels very CW. Yeah, very sci-fi. Yeah, um, and I, I guess that's kind of cruel to make that some kind of almost like a uh like a pillar of um maybe affordability or quality on content. Um, so yeah, I guess everyone's thinking it's not looking as polished. <sighs> unfortunately so and i i i kind of agree i like i try not to make too too many judgments on things because like as well i like i said i haven't seen the international one and you said that the international one is way better so it could be just a bad cut yeah like i don't get why the two trailers are so like they show a lot of the same stuff but just the way it's shot, they take the song out, they lean more into the horror, they add a couple of extra extra sort of uh, clips and segments of the movie into this trailer. Yeah. And the tone is just completely different watching these two trailers. Like, you still do get a lot of the same takeaways, but you get a little bit more backstory and, and understanding of how this movie's going to take place and how they're working all these moving parts in together. Like, I, I'll agree, it does look very low budget at times very um b-grade cheesy horror like not cheesy but like b-grade horror um Mm. which i don't mind because early resident evil was a bit b-grade in its horror so it sort of hits that beat but some of the practical effects look really good but some of the cgi (laughs) there's a really really quick scene of a tyrant climbing down i'm assuming it's probably william burke and when he's inject himself with the virus in in the film and there's the scene with the tyrant, and um, yeah, it is. It did not look a good, Miss Hart. The tyrant looks very rough. Just the head of the tyrant, like the rest of the body, looks like it's in brand and in line with um, with how it is in the games. But the head of this thing just looks rough. Yeah. Very rough. I wonder if there's time for them to fix these kind of things, but uh, probably not. Yeah. There's still time. Like that's it. Like this could just be an early first pass of the CGI. Like the movie's out in. What a month and a bit time, I think month and a half, six, seven weeks, maybe. Uh, maybe then, yeah, maybe that might be enough time to yeah. fix a few things. But yeah, yeah, I'll have to watch the international one now. You've got me curious. Yeah, check check it out, and and I'd love to see because I I watched the US one when it first broke, and I'm like, okay, I'm excited because I can see where they're trying to take some of these parts. 
But then I watched the international. I'm like, man, it just it felt like it was. You watched like the the PG version, then you watched the the horror R version, like <laughs> just with the complete shift in tone. So yeah. yeah, anyone that hasn't checked it out, or maybe they've just seen the US trailer, just jump on YouTube, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City International trailer. Watch that one, and you'll get a completely different experience and probably feel a little bit better about it. But yeah. um, it's interesting because they're going to try and blend obviously parts of Resident Evil One, parts of Resident Evil Two. Mm-hmm. And then because they, they mentioned the twins in this trailer, which uh, they first came about in uh, Code Veronica, we're going to get some parts out of that somehow blended into here too. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. But I did some quick research. I don't want to go too heavy on this any longer. But um, how, they're, how they're weaving in the whole Raccoon City thing. Apparently, Chris and Claire were orphans that grew up in Raccoon City, which is obviously new to their story. Oh, no. So that's sort of how they're leaning in and, and tying and anchoring Claire and Chris to this town initially. Okay. Um, that they, they grew up there and there was all kinds of, I guess, bad shit going on for years. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a, a new thing, a new development from the Resident Evil universe is that from what I saw online is that they they grew up as, uh, you know, orphans or whatever. Um, you know, they grew These up in orphans. Raccoon City, which yeah. is new to their story. Yeah, yeah hopefully... It's 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 a fine line when you start actually changing the narrative, especially when um, a game like Resident Evil is. I, would you say Resident Evil is pretty story driven? Like people are pretty, you know, dedicated to the underlining story that kind of continues on through all the essentially all the games. I, I think so. At least at least for good parts of those games, uh, it does get a little bit whimsical and hysterical with some of the characters you meet and whatnot. But. Sure. At least for me, I, I love that there is that same consistent heartbeat through all the games and the offshoots where they do connect these breadcrumbs and, uh, you know, connect the dots, sorry, for, uh, you know, certain story story moments from previous games and then weaved into the future, like what they did with, um, with RE8 and sort of just some big moments of realisation going all the way back to Resident Evil 1 and how that all connected. So there yeah. is a, a good um, long-term sort of planned out plot and I'm hoping that they're doing the same with this movie. It doesn't like it doesn't feel too fan servicey. It feels very true to the source material. There's some uh, scenes in that trailer that are cut straight from the video game. Like if you could put the video game and the trailer side <laughs> by side, you'd see you'd see those uh, scenes play out exactly from those games, which is cool. But it looks all right. I'm excited still to watch this. It looks like it's the Resident Evil I wanted because all those. Uh, all those Anderson films with Mila Jovovich, not a good time, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked one. Like, it's not a masterpiece, but I, I like watching it from time to time. One was certainly, like, one's the best of that bunch by a mile. And two's not, two's not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, something that is most certainly not terrible... Uh, we've had an announcement. Microsoft have uh, announced slash unveiled, I guess, slash circulated into the wild if you're a lucky enough content creator. Uh, they've released special 20th anniversary edition controllers and Adidas sneakers. Mm. Both of these, Miss Hart, I think they both look pretty heckin' good considering it's like a, you know, a collab slash retrospective of 20 years the controller i especially want to get my hands on but apparently the sneakers you can only get via way of social media giveaways or if you're a fancy influence and they sent them to you but i kind of want both miss Hart. i i 
the sh- like the controller I can do. I always loved it when um you know our gaming consoles or peripherals or anything like that had the the frosted see through kind of shells. Um, whether it be like controllers or even like your Game Boy, um, I always loved that design. I always thought it was really cool. But the shoes, they they're fine. Like it, it could have obviously been worse. Maybe could have been better, but they're not horrible i don't see me getting them and being able to actually pull off wearing them (laughs) uh but like i as as i kind of like quizzed you i'm like i really hope that they glow in the dark because they look like they should they really do they they look they look angry and neon and Mm. made with shrek's blood in them or something because yeah they (laughs) You should be able to walk, wear these into a into a nightclub or just just of an evening, and they should be yeah, emitting some kind of green aura yeah. off them. Yeah, you said earlier today. Um, you said it looks like it was made with like Mountain Dew, and I thought that was a really good <laughs> good description on this this color choice here. So, um, but yeah, this kind of stuff's fun. But I guess it's especially with the shoes, like. A very limited access to these kind of things. I guess that adds to it. I guess if you're one of the lucky few that actually gets your hands on it, then it just makes it more special because it's not the person with the biggest bank account or the quickest, uh, you know, bots buying something, you know. But I want to be the one with the biggest bots buying the shoes. I want the (laughs) shoes, Miss Hart. I want them on the shelf. Yeah. (laughs) Xbox, notice me. Send me these shoes. Also, props to Xbox for releasing all these different controllers. Yeah. (laughs) Like, any any collector is screwed, man. Like, they just keep on um, releasing these um, limited um, release controllers, especially with these game releases as well. So... The um, Far Cry one didn't look great. Didn't look no, great. no, it does not. But um, yeah, that that twentieth edition Xbox controller though, I like that it is a little bit more restrained and pulled back compared yeah, to the shoes. Like I you agree. do get a, a pop of green on on the back sort of grips as well as obviously on the X button itself and around the D pad. But outside of that, it's just this sort of black gray palette. Mm. And it just looks really, really nice. Um, I just jumped onto Amazon to see if I could pre-order it. It's not up for pre-order on Amazon Australia. I'm guessing the US pre-orders are probably already it's sorted. Out, Canada yeah. is not up yet as well. But I need to try and find this sucker uh, because I really want that controller to go uh, go on my shelf. Miss Hart. <laughs> I need, I needs it. I needs it. Yeah. Yeah, it looks so nice looks so nice but um yeah we'll uh you know getting more peripherals announced on the way for other platforms no doubt it's, yeah. it's just a endless cycle <sighs> especially now the new switch oled out which is getting some some positive reviews but miss Hart, i just can't get on board i just I, don't play my switch yeah, me either and i should be loading it up soon because of um animal crossing event that's this week I believe. Is that the Halloween one? Well, I it's, it's an Animal Crossing kind of like direct event where they're obviously going to like inform, but the the Halloween stuff I think either has begun or will be beginning. Um, so, and I, I have to, I have to get on board. I, I've had, I will admit I've had slight urges to go back to Animal Crossing once or twice over the last month or so. Haven't mm. done that yet, but maybe, maybe I will. See how... Uh, See how run See down my left. island yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, and if all my all my friends have left the island, yeah. but um, we'll see. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful they're still around. 
at least maybe four out of the, the working day weeks, as like uh, what Edos Montreal have announced this week, Miss Hart. So yeah. um, they've announced they're going to be moving to a permanent four-day work week, a move it hopes will, in quotes, increase the productivity and well-being of our employees. They announced the initiative on its website. Edis Montreal explained it would begin closing its Montreal and Sherbrooke studios each Friday within the next few weeks, shifting its teams from the current 40-hour weekly work schedule to 32 hours without changing the working conditions currently in place, nor the salaries of employees. Wow. So that is like, well fucking done, Edos Montreal. That is awesome. Uh, hopefully we see more things like this because not only the reduced work hours is great, but the fact that they're not getting penalized and losing eight hours of salary for that mm. work week as well. Really, really, really well done. And this is an awesome step in the right direction. Yeah. So full disclosure, they are the first one, the AAA studio. Um, yeah. I believe Young yeah. Horses, um, the indie um, team, they announced that they were um, turning to a four-day week uh earlier this year mid this year as well the um the team um uh that did i think bug snacks um mm-hmm. so th- they've actually been running through it they did a trial and they said it just worked out really well so then they've, they've changed it now so they then they were doing four day weeks so now we're seeing like maybe bigger studios get on board which is good um man like like, like let's make it happen across across all companies really um as long as they do like this, like, you know, don't penalize the workers, don't, you know, screw them over with their salaries or how much they make. So, but, you know. Exactly. Like, it, it's all well and good. They're like, we're going to scale back the work week. But if there's some fine print in there, like, yeah, but you're not going to get paid for that fifth day that you've been potentially relying upon for years to pay your bills and your rent and everything. So, this is awesome. Hopefully, we see more of the big studios make these types of moves for people's general well-being and and health uh, because it's an awesome step and i think we're going to see things like this happening more and more often in a lot of companies like i've heard rumors in the place that i've worked at here and there they're looking at things like this for the future as well so um we'll see we'll see it's exciting um because i do not like working three days let alone five so if i could (laughs) get to four happy days but um We'll see. We'll see. But no, uh, kudos to Edos Montreal for that. That is awesome. And hopefully it sort of sets a precedent amongst the AAA studios to maybe make some positive changes like this Definitely. moving forward. Um, a change that's positive to a degree, but I guess in the short term, it probably sounds a bit negative. But as of 22nd of February of 2022, Forsaken's campaign, The Tangled Shore, uh, the destination and the bulk of Year 4's seasonal content including the fan-favorite Presage and Harbinger missions, will be removed from the game, Miss Hart. Bungie clarified not all Forsaken's content will disappear, with the Dreaming City destination, Last Wish Raid, Shattered Throne Dungeon, and Associated Strikes remaining in the game, while Year 4's Proving Ground Strike and, um, and Battlegrounds will also remain. They also say in an official quote, Vaulting this content will allow us the space to launch the Witch Queen expansion and its new Throne World destination, as well as new features like weapon crafting, the new legendary difficulty campaign option, the new glaive weapon archetype, plus all the additional content we have planned for the four new seasons to come starting in February. So, Miss Hart, apologies listeners, I've got uh, Frenchy warfare going on in the background here. The boys have uh, gotten a little wild. Battle Royale going on. I'm just going to watch this play out in the background here. (laughs) Oh. 
the vaulting content is um, pretty common with Destiny. Um, we've we uh, ex- recently. Um, I can't remember all the planets that left, um, but they vaulted um, Titan, which was a favorite of mine. Um, in regards to this content being vaulted, I don't really care. I haven't been to the Tangled Shore in a very long time. Um, they're actually moving the only person or like character that you would care about, um, which is Spider. He's um, he's getting moved. So um, I like some. I can understand. Um, why people of the community are probably a bit ticked off um we've seen a lot of people who are from the mmo community kind of you know bring their opinion across where they would feel angry because you're losing content that you paid for um but i mean i i understand why they do this like you've got to make space in order to improve and expand and um, make things better um and i guess i can say that because like i said i don't really care about what's being removed um, but it's been pretty interesting actually kind of seeing everyone's reaction to this. So, yeah, it's, I think you nailed it. Like typical or classic M- MMORPG fans would be blowing up hysterically if they were removing, you know, zones from World of Warcraft or whatever else. Yeah. But the reason they're doing this is so they can further expand on the world as a whole and bring in new content and gear up for this Witch Queen expansion. So I get it. I understand. I'm with you. Like I'm not a big destiny 2 player like you know I, I play it big in spurts and then i park it for a while and i'm currently in that parked stage but maybe i'll get the keys and fire up the vehicle again and take it for another test drive in the near future but for now i've had my fill i'll go back again sometime down the line but um yeah it just shows how this timeline is just so well thought out as far as release schedule and new content and moving this and vaulting that and bringing this back in like this is all part of a multi-year plan by Bungie and it should yeah. come as no surprise. Like this will this will keep happening as, as new content comes out. The world can be only so big. Exactly right. In order to maintain and keep the game as like as fluid as they can, which they're constantly always running into issues, especially every time that, you know, players demand guns to be into the game and then they introduce the guns to the game and then the meta changes and then things fuck up and then they have to go in and fix it. Like it's a constant like to and fro just trying to appease um, you know, upset players for whatever reason, as well as bringing in new stuff and keeping everything balanced. Like I could understand wanting co- to condense that bubble just so they can do whatever they can to make things as perfect as possible for all players. So, mm-hmm. no, hundred percent, and that's it. Like everybody's never going to be completely happy. Always going to get some person on the other side of the fence that wants to uh, disrupt and get upset for no reason and. It'll happen, but it just, yeah, Bungie care about this game and care about this world and they're just going to continue to to expand on it and that might just mean that things need to be put in the cupboard for a little while. <laughs> like you might see some of these things come back in the, in a few years' time where it might be reimagined and new content added to it as well. So uh, just, just put the pitchforks away and just uh, Destiny fans out there, just be excited because the game is just so well supported and so thoroughly planned out and um, this is all part of the bigger picture. Mm. It's been getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, something that um, is not getting better and probably wasn't as uh, well thought out as Destiny. Uh, We're talking about uh, Marvel's The Avengers, the game that was done by Square Enix and Crystal Mm. Dynamics. They have just released or added the option to pay for XP and resource collection boosts using real money in the game. This move has been slated by many fans who believe it 
offers a stark, not Tony Stark, just a stark contrast <laughs> to previous statements made surrounding the game's monetization tactics. They were very anti, you, you know, no pay to win type of scenario in this game. You can just going to experience this. There's going to be no XP boosters to purchase. And lo and behold, Enix and Crystal Dynamics have said, you know what, we can maybe make a little bit extra cheddar out of this. Now that it's on Xbox Game Pass, part of the service, maybe that's the direct ripple effect to this where they're like, people aren't buying the game per se. So this might make them more inclined to throw some real money in our pockets to get an XP boost to catch up because they've been waiting for this game to get on Game Pass for so long. So that's the only like logic in my head when I'm big brain in this thing to think, what are they trying to say to justify this? And that's all I could think of. Outside of that, it's just marketing, doing marketing things where they say one thing and do another and it's gotten a lot of people offside. Yeah, I just don't, I just think in the long run this game hasn't um, maintained the player base and I guess everything that they had hoped it would and I guess dropping this is like probably a way for like them to maybe keep their head above water um, money-wise. So uh, it's, it's pretty bad, especially if you kind of kind of like started off your mission about this game being like anti pay to win and you know being like no we're not about that and then completely turning tail especially when things are looking rough i don't know anyone that still plays this they recently dropped some pretty consistent like content we had like the hawkeye content like the kate bishop then hawkeye then we had the, like, has the Black Panther stuff? Yeah, the, the War for Wakanda stuff's out as well. Yeah. And that was a big, big expansion, that piece. And that yeah. was obviously all included in the the base price of the game. You didn't have to pay for any of this new content. Obviously, Spider-Man's on his way. So so there's some stuff coming, which could incentivize one to maybe throw some some money in their bucket. But, yeah, just just... You know, if, if you're going to die on a hill about not paying for, for XP boosts and things, and then lo and behold, you move that hill, you're going <laughs> to look like idiots. Yeah. And that's, um, yeah, it's a bit of a greedy tactic. But yeah. as you said, Miss Hart, I don't think they've still turned a profit on this game. I know this game cost them a lot of money to make. And from those in, like recent sales runs from a few months ago, I think they still hadn't returned a profit on it. So that's maybe why they're trying to get a little bit of a little minor boost you know death by a thousand cuts let's get there like this where people might just chuck five ten bucks in and and hopefully get us over that line (laughs) maybe yeah but we'll see we're talking offline i'm like yeah i could go back to this game on game pass but i need people to play with if i'm playing by myself i'm not going back but if anyone out there wants to maybe experience some avengers on game pass hit your boy up because uh, I'm down to uh, at least at least like I want to try the War for Wakanda DLC. That part actually looks pretty cool and from what I've seen on reviews it's a pretty well realized expansion with mm. a lot to do and see and some good enemies brought in so um, They brought some great names for it. Um yeah. some great actors to um to attach their voice to but um yeah. I I think that's all it is. It's just like people maybe people that enjoy the content like the people that they played with they just started you know falling off and then you know they stop playing and then that's just the ripple effect yeah exactly i'm certainly part of that ripple effect that's for sure and the uh the next little quick hitter um doesn't really resonate with you and i i don't think miss hart but the rest of the world clearly went goo goo gaga for this when it was announced uh so that they finally showcased the final dlc fighter that is going to be coming to super smash brothers ultimate and it is none other than sora from kingdom hearts 
cool. <laughs> very happy, very, very, very happy for the world um, as a whole that has been very excited about this. I saw some people saying like, you know, this is the greatest release trailer of all time and stuff like that. And I'm like, fucking what? <laughs> um, excuse me? Like, uh, like big brain stuff again. All I can think is, okay, maybe we're going to see more Disney Nintendo crossover stuff now. Maybe. That's all I could come up with. But outside of that, I'm like, cool, man. You know, Kingdom Hearts doesn't really resonate with me too much. Smash is fine, but I'm not a purist like a lot of people are on it. Yeah. So I was just like, happy for you all, but I'm going to keep watching this B-grade oh. Resident Evil trailer. Yeah, I like a lot of people kind of brought up that it's obviously a big deal that um, Nintendo managed to get disney on board essentially so now you kind of see disney written in the kind of like copyright um stuff when it comes to smash releases um i know a lot of people have been kind of hopeful for a long time actually kind of hopeful for sora to be in the game so um i guess this is kind of like the perfect cherry on top to end all the you know making him the final downloadable character I've never played Kingdom Hearts. I don't care for Kingdom Hearts. Um, so, uh, like, yeah. But I, I think for any of the releases of the DLC characters for Super Smash really hasn't been for a person like me who doesn't even really play Smash. Um, but like like you kind of said, like, I'm happy for those um, that are happy that kind of got what they wanted and felt that this was, like, the right character to be the final character kind of thing. Um, I, I heard people saying that this is one of the best gaming collaborations ever in history. I, I, I say I don't think it is without being able to, you know, counter and provide one that I think is one. But, like, I guess for someone who it just doesn't, like resonate with it's pretty easy for me to say that i don't agree with it but yeah like it's certainly this game and this announcement's on a different path to to very much you and i i think like mm -hmm. yeah we're, we're collectively happy for everybody that's that's got emotional connections to kingdom hearts and or smash but it just like i completely missed the boat on it i'm like okay cool that's awesome but just seeing some of the reactions from the purists, I guess, or the the massive fans. Like I, I watched that, the kind of funny reaction with Blessing and Tim Gettys on it, and those two, they were flabbergasted. Like, <laughs> the joy that they had, and that's where Blessing was like, "This is this is the greatest announcement trailer of all time." And I'm like, "All right, fair enough." <laughs> Clearly, I don't get something here, but you know what? I'm very happy for you guys to be so excited. And so full of joy. And there was a lot of people on social media that were equally as happy and excited and full yeah. of joy. And I'm, and I'm very happy for them. But yeah, Kingdom Hearts, I've got the collection downstairs. Never played a minute of it. I, I know I probably need to one day, but I don't know what it is. There's just something in that game that just hasn't hooked me to say, you need to play this right now. Like I'll probably me, play yeah. it in five years time and go, you know what? This was fine. But yeah, yeah Sora coming to Smash. Happy days, the world united over this announcement. <laughs> yeah, thumbs up, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely it, it falls into the fine bucket for you and I. But yes. yeah, very happy, very happy for everybody. Um, the people I'm, uh, I think we're probably collectively not happy for is the people involved at Twitch because the Twitch ship has sprung yet another leak, Miss Hart. Let's grab some words here from over at GamesIndustry.biz. So Twitch earlier this week 
has confirmed it suffered a security breach that exposed its source code, leading streamers' earnings and more. Acknowledgement came via Twitter, with the company adding that it is working with urgency to understand the extent of this. A blog post then shared a little more detail, and it reads... We've learned that some data was exposed to the internet due to an error in a Twitch server configuration change that was subsequently accessed by a malicious third party. As the investigation is ongoing, we are still in the process of understanding the impact in detail. Twitch also addressed concerns over user data that may have been exposed. It said that at this time, there is no indication that login details such as passwords have been leaked, although it will continue investigating. The site also reiterated that it does not store full credit card numbers, so these have not been exposed. It was reported that the hacker shared a 125GB torrent online, claiming the leak was to foster more disruption and competition in the online video gaming space, adding that the Twitch community is a disgusting, toxic, toxic cesspool. Well, he's not fucking lying. No. Breach exposed Twitch's source code, detailed on its mobile, desktop, and console clients, payouts towards top streamers from the past two years, and details on other Amazon-owned projects, including a proposed stream rival, Vapor. <laughs> Miss Hart. Oh, my goodness. The hits just keep on coming over there at Twitch. Yeah. Um, uh, like, full disclosure, like, the information about this leak and this hack and the torrent being available... Um, that information probably came out a lot earlier than Twitter's acknowledgement of that it had happened. Other um, than Twitch's acknowledgement, yeah. Yeah, so, like, um, th- there was, like, a lot of, like, news story and coverage and a lot of things on Twitter going around before um, Twitch actually confirmed that this actually happened. And I understand why they need to be smart about before, you know, putting forward and having accountability for things that kind of have happened. Um, but I kind of like woke up to it. I think Australia kind of experienced it as it happened. Yeah, like this, there's been some interesting takes after this. Um, having anyone's personal information or private information exposed is pretty shitty. Uh, uh, attacking a corporate like uh, entity, like I agree, Twitch has done some pretty shitty things and has had a pretty shitty rough year. Um, with like implementing things and trying to stop like obviously like the hate raids and the uh, some other the discriminatory things that have been kind of been happening and other stupid choices that they've actually made. Uh, is this the way to get things done? I don't necessarily think so, especially considering that it put a lot of users um, on edge because it wasn't really and it, it, they still haven't really confirmed uh, fully what has been like exposed to the hackers and i don't know if this was ever confirmed or not people were saying that the first torrent was only one part of what was taken and they believe that there was a second part but like i said not confirmed the other takeaway was that a lot of people had a lot of opinions based on seeing what streamers kind of took home um obviously the big streamers um there were a lot of a lot of dollars. <laughs> a lot of cash, yeah. A lot of dollars. Um, personally, I'm surprised that people were surprised or didn't think that these streamers made a lot of money. Um, yeah, it was very, very tone deaf, I think, where people were like, yeah, flabbergasted, like, oh my God, they earned that. I'm like, you can Google and, and like see live sub counts. And so all this tied into was the sub money mixed with the bits. Like, obviously, you don't see donos and they're third-party contracts with, say, peripheral companies, but you get that 
that sort of mainline info, that's readily available for people. You can do the math and work it out. But Yeah. Yeah. But, like, over, overall, like, a lot of people were kind of, like, you know, had some, had some opinions about, like, what people made and how much they made and stuff. And um, it was interesting seeing how streamers kind of reacted. There were some that kind of... Um, got attacked and they they felt bad about it there was others that wore it on their sleeve and they're like yeah I you know this I am doing well and that is because of people who support me um and then there's also people who kind of said like why are people angry that streamers make so much money when there are actors and musicians out there making crazy amounts of money and they get supported all the time kind of thing for their craft so why is it any different than a streamer and I think um I can't remember who said it but someone kind of put the pin where it's unfortunately that dangerous ground with streamers and um the viewers where it's that kind of friendship connection the fake there's a word for it I can't remember what the word is called but it's like that that fake friendship that idea that like that the viewer is friends with the streamer um so um I think that kind of relationship is what makes people a bit shocked to see streamers making a lot of money. So, mm. and, and, I, and I get it. Like, yeah, film stars and movie stars and, and um, you know, musicians and things, obviously they, they earn a lot of money, but a lot of that is usually paid for by the big studios where a lot of this is, I guess, for lack of a better term, it's crowdfunded. Yeah. A lot of this money that people That's are great. earning where I'm not going to fault any of these people from getting all this money. Like, get the bag if you can. Like, life is short and and... You know, if this is your job or your career, you got to do all you can within reason to to uh, to maximize your earning potential. Because especially in content creation, I don't think anyone's going to be watching a sixty-year-old streamer. Like, there's a couple of niches, obviously, but like, you know, people that are coming to watch the elite gameplay of some of these these people, like a shroud or whatever, his his speed on keyboard and mouse is going to deteriorate over time. So you know, earn whatever you can, fella, and then once those skills aren't as elite, maybe the numbers start dropping off you can worry less about content creation and just start living. So, yeah, yeah, power to everyone getting the bag. Like, if you can do it, just as long as you're not hurting anybody or yourself, earn your money however you can. Yeah. And that's, like, that's the major thing. Um, The whole thing about um, Amazon trying to steal a Steam rival and calling it Vapor. Vapor, yeah. (laughs) Like that, that, and there was like a game apparently, like a game asset or something, or for Vape King or like Vape something. I don't know. It was like some weird thing that they found assets for a game. Um, but like that, that in itself doesn't shock me that Amazon would try to kind of like maybe start mooching in on Steam. Um, but yeah, like um, over, overall, the the leak, the hack. You know, it's it's a bit shocking when big companies like this, especially a big company that is attached to Amazon, um, has their data and information, you know, attacked. There's a lot of people um, within the like programming, engineering, um, all like kind of like computer kind of technologically back end stuff kind of shocked, um, had a lot of opinions on how maybe uh, Twitch was like holding their data and had a few choice yeah. words to say how things were handled and like in a bad way, unprofessional um but yeah overall like hopefully not too much malice um for people's personal um information and such didn't get hit um and obviously um i've seen a few people say it and i think we should probably always 
push it forward. Remember that there's a lot of people that are staff for Twitch and, you know, they are not directly responsible for a lot of things. So kind of like shitting on them for any of this sort of stuff is always in bad taste. So yeah. um, remember, there's always the, the big dogs up top that are making the choices and doing some of the bad stuff. So um, just be, you know, just be smart about where you want to target your discretion. So Yeah, yeah. Contain your rage and, and like what you were just sort of saying there, Miss Hart, I'll quickly just tack on the back of that. Yeah, Twitch was apparently like higher-ups were warned repeatedly over the last six to 12 months regarding security and safety issues with their back-end systems and yet yeah nothing was done so oh, it wasn't well. as if you know i i'm not going to say they deserve this you know because obviously the ripple effect is yeah twitch twitch look like idiots and they'll be like oh i'm sorry but yeah the the data that's come out i guess can be potentially more harmful to the content creators because yeah the pitchfork armies are how dare you look at all this money but mm. one i guess good thing that came out at least um it sort of was showed a clear a clear gap there where everyone's like you know female streamers are stealing all our money they're yes. taking all our views and then you saw the the small slice of the pie that female streamers made up of compared to the male streamers from an earning potential I'm like you know what that's awesome hopefully that settles down all those mouth breathers for a while and and you know lets people just do what they do regardless of judgment and hate yeah. but uh yeah twitch get your shit sorted <laughs> it feels like every six weeks or so we've got a negative twitch related article about something happening in the back end that's just fucked yeah it does seem the case like i like i kind of said like they're, they're They've had a pretty shitty year, but, you know, some of it's very self-inflicted that they, um, you know, and like, I didn't know that they knew that their um, security had um, like some flaws in it. So, yeah, I definitely don't wish um, bad, you know, bad shit happening to people. But it, I mean, if you knew about it, they had the opportunity to stop it. So, yeah. Very, very silly indeed. And something that's else, uh, something else I think that's that's silly in a very good way will lead us directly into this tweet of the week. And this tweet comes via way of at two star games. That's the word written two, not the number two. And the tweet reads: A horror game where you navigate an island in an old train, upgrade it over time, and use it to fight an evil spider train named Charles. Here's the first trailer and then there was a steam link in the comments to uh pre-order and get your hands on this game holy guacamole does this game look equal parts insane but also a bit terrifying like a fucking clown devil spider train coming at you across this island like i'm down but i feel like i'm going to get a bit scared uh, the element of surprise would scare me I, I don't really have the fear of like it seems like they're kind of trying to combine a few fears i don't know if people have a fear of trains but they've added like you know like spiders and it has like a clown face to it yeah. as well so they're kind of like combining a few um phobias of people um but it is just to me it's just ridiculous like it's like it's funny ridiculous kind of thing so um i always like it when um you know people make these kind of outlandish horror games because you know people people play it for the ridiculousness of it or like the the you know general like fun nature of the horror element as well so yeah, go, go, go get that money you know yeah yeah like we were talking just last week regarding uh you know world builders and, and sort of building sim, sim games being all pretty similar and then you had um 
Timberborn. Timberborn. I was going to say Beaver Town. I'm like, that's definitely not Beaver Town. <laughs> definitely that's, not, uh, but watch, watch your Google search history looking that one up. <laughs> but um, yeah, this one then feels very different. Uh, obviously, we've got a lot of like train and farming sims and stuff. And now we've got this horror laced train sim where you're getting chased by a, a demonic spider clown train across this world. But yeah, I want to play it. Like graphically, it looks pretty good. Considering the source material that we're we're dealing with here, it looks pretty polished and looks pretty scary and ominous. So yeah. I, I need to try and get my hands on this to uh, to see how it actually runs. Yeah. So they I think they're taking wish list at the moment, but um, it's called Choo Choo Charles. If anyone that wants to look into this game, so you probably you, everyone probably uh, saw it taking the rounds on social media, but yeah, too yeah. good. Yeah, like it's popped off. It's like at from the screenshot this morning from this tweet, one point two million views so far. Mm. So uh, it's it's getting some some traction. One might say it's nice. Uh, Yes, yes. All right. Something that is also nice, if, if you don't want to wait for Choo Choo Charles to come out, because it could be a little bit of a longer wait between, uh, you know, between stations, you can get into these. New releases and events. All right. So no, no events to announce this week as, uh, you know, obviously lockdown and things like that is still running rampant here in the AU. Uh, it's still, we're partway through PAX Online right now, but the time this episode comes out, it will be a distant memory. You will be able to uh, do a lot of VOD stuff. You can check the Twitch streams and watch panels and things like that if you wanted to check out some of those panels regarding a whole host of video game and pop culture goodness. So uh, be sure to check that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as podcasts, obviously listening to episode 258 of THG. Also out this week, uh, we've got the latest putting in work, which is going to see Australia's John O'Peck with uh, Pat Contry on the show. And uh, the next one, I'm just sort of wheeling this into the universe to hopefully <laughs> know that someone's going to be finished this week. We'll get the Far Cry 6 spoiler cast out this week as well. All things going well and, uh, you know, hoping, wishing, wanting, going to realize that into the world um, in the next coming days so that'll be podcast hitting the uh 8-bit rss feeds uh movies and tv uh, aquaman king of atlantis mm-hmm. is dropping on hbo max so that is an aquaman animated jaunt miss hart that's right the animation style is the best that i could uh probably link to maybe more of an adult swim kind of vibe um, okay. not yep. necessarily like you know kind of like pg kind of cartoony um it looks good i like that the kind of angle that they're going with with the uh, aquaman franchise they're obviously kind of like almost like detaching themselves obviously from the movie franchise that's kind of happening right now and um it looks quirky it looks good so I don't know how Australia can get their hands on it, but um, it's on HBO Max. So yeah, work your way Sadly, around. Sadly, we might be waiting a little longer, or it might be simulcast on Binge and Foxtel exactly. if we can get lucky. So yeah. we'll see. As far as games dropping this week, there's a there's a good chunk, a good assortment of games depending mm. on uh, platform preference, and if you want uh, remasters or, or new content. Obviously, we've got Back for Blood dropping this week which is the uh the new sort of squad based zombie shooter which is getting a bit of love out in the marketplace uh disco elysium the final cut is finally out monster crown ori the collection on switch uh slender the arrival on mobile uh dungeon encounters the jackbox party pack eight there's eight jackbox party pack games now miss Hart. my god they are good fun to play though i'll say that they are fun uh the rift breaker 
Crisis Remastered Trilogy is out this week. Uh, we've got the Demon Slayer, the Hinokami Chronicles game dropping, as well as NHL 22 and The Good Life. Hmm. So a good assortment of games across all platforms, all genres, uh, plenty of stuff there to keep you busy. Um, maybe there's a few games there you've been holding out for for a while. Um, I want to play a bit of Back for Blood, but it's going to be another one of those games that will live and die based yeah. off playing with friends. Exactly. Back for Blood is definitely a game with friends. But it's on Game Pass, so maybe we can play it oh, because there's no yeah. cash outlay. That's true. That's true. I have to look into it. Fingers crossed my internet is restored yes, that's also on Tuesday. <laughs> so maybe we could do a little sneaky midweek session. Jump on. Yeah. We'll still maybe. see how your internet goes. Yep. Because it might be rough. Fingers crossed. Yeah. MBN, don't burn me for a third time, please. But yeah, Miss Hart, that uh, brings us to the end of THG 258. Anything else you want to say before we maybe uh, shut down the studio for another week? Yeah, just the thanks to everyone that kind of, um, you know, gave our social media posts, especially in regards to PAX Radio, um, all, all the you know content creators, the, not just 8-Bit, but everyone out there and supporting the social media posts and checking it out. Obviously, as you mentioned, the, the, it would have passed by now the time of listening, but just want to preemptively say that everyone that kind of, you know, gave us and support and a bit of push already um thank you so much it really really counts yeah 110 percent. and um also the people that have been checking out our new sexy merch store that's right uh, so uh we've, we've migrated merch companies and we've got a nice store set up so if you head on over to shop 8bit.net that is all one word you can get yourself a nice assortment of tees hats hoodies aprons if you want cushions drink bottles coffee mugs all that kind of stuff it is all there some really, really nice looking bits of kit. We don't have all our designs on display. We've just got sort of a, a select few. And we're going to sort of try and rotate some of these designs in and out seasonally just to keep things fresh and, uh, you know, keep people coming back for more, maybe. Yeah. Keep people interested. So shop8bit.net, obviously, ko-fi.com forward slash we're8bit if you want to support us monetarily over there. If you don't, that's fine. Uh, just be sure to rate, review, subscribe us and all the other podcasts you're listening to on the reg. And lastly, audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au to get the best in audio-based equipment. You want to start a podcast, you want to up your streetwear game, you want to uh, improve your gaming at home. They've got everything on there, headphones, microphones, gaming headsets, turntables, you name it, they've got it, you want it, go get it. But Miss Hart... I guess that brings us to the end. So uh, I guess we'll say thanks for stopping on by. Much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Thank you.